Alley for Bible School and a pre-registration at the Edelwall Splash Pad on uh, the 9th day of June. So uh, see James and Kelly for more info, okay? So looking forward to Bible School. I always do. Have a great time. And we're excited about that and really looking forward to what God's going to do uh, that week when we come together. And something very important that we need to remember also about Bible school is that we need kids. Amen. So everybody call a neighbor, call a friend, call whoever you know that's got kids. Your own, your own grandkids, don't mind. Just bring kids. We need kids, amen. So uh, keep that in mind, and uh, I'm sure we'll have a great turnout and a great time together uh, here in our Bible school. And I want to say a word or two also about what Delane said earlier about yesterday. We had just a terrific time, and uh, I always enjoy our fellowships no matter what we do. But uh, yesterday was just real special to be with everybody. I was honored. Uh, to be there and to be a part of it, and uh, we had such a wonderful time of uh, Name That Hymn, and uh, just, uh, it was really good. Dale showed off yesterday, uh, but uh, but we had a great time, and appreciate Brent for uh, taking care of the entertainment side of it. We had uh, skirts and bras and everything else, I guess, but uh, that wasn't good to say, but but uh, anyway, um, the kids did a great job, didn't they? They did. And, and uh, they even made some money yesterday off of that, didn't they? So we appreciate Hattie and Allie. Uh, they did a terrific job. And uh, so, and Shelby, she's not here today, but Shelby did a good job yesterday, too. Uh, got a lot of people that's not here today, but uh, we're glad to see you that have made it out to the house of God. And uh, this morning when we came into church, Bill said it's a beautiful day out there. And sure enough, God has blessed us with a beautiful day. And uh, Eddie said earlier, it's the Lord, it's the day the Lord's made. He read that verse to us. And we should rejoice in it and be glad in it. Amen. And so I thank God for today. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but we know who holds tomorrow. Today is sufficient for today. Thank God for this Sunday, the first Sunday in May, and I'm looking forward to what God's going to do for us. Amen. Keep praying about Bible school. Keep praying about revival. And uh, let's just, uh, you know, just continue to pray for our church and for each other. Uh, we... We know that as you look around, we live in a discouraging time, uh, especially in our churches, and just seem like there's not a whole lot of uh, concern anymore. And, you know, people kind of pick and choose what they want to do anymore, and there's no commitment. But you know what? I'm so glad God's not like that. I'm glad He's faithful to us, and He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And that's the great God we serve this morning. And that's the God that loves us and gave His Son. Key thing, gave His Son, His only begotten Son, His one and only Son. He gave Him so that I could be here this morning and that you could be here right now. So we thank God for that. 
Psalms uh, chapter 13, if you'll open your Bibles with me please, and we'll take our text from Psalms chapter 13 this morning. We, uh, we, we read quite a bit about David's um, desire for God's help in his life, and in this chapter, once again, we see David crying out for God to hear him and for God to, to answer his prayer. Um, you know, I, I would be a little concerned as a Christian if I never heard from God. And there's a lot of people that, honestly, if they just had to just be straight up with you, they'd say, well, you know what, I don't know when God spoke to me or... I don't remember when God answered a prayer in my life. I would be embarrassed to say that. I really would. Because as God's children, we need to hear from God. And He needs to hear from us. And we need His help. And David said, Lord, I need your help. And I need you to hear me. I think it goes back to the word that we talked about a few weeks ago about being desperate. When we get desperate for God to hear us, then we'll get serious about our prayer life. You let something happen to one of us. Let us get sick. Somebody we love gets sick. Get bad news from the doctor. Terminally ill. All of a sudden we get desperate. We get concerned. We get serious. Well, God wants us that way all the time. He wants, to be, he wants us to be concerned about not just me and mine, but about everybody and about our church and about the condition of our country, the condition of our families, our, our government. I mean, we need to be so concerned that we're praying for these things every day. Amen. And I know you are, but I just wanted to encourage you to do that. And, and David... Um, in chapter 13, he, he begins to toss out some questions to God. Have you ever just asked God some questions? You know, I mean, it ain't like, it's one thing to, to, to pray and, and to pray out of a situation to where you're just trying to get back at God through your prayer. There's another thing to just be like, God, I know you're in control I just need you to help me to understand some things. I just, I just don't know what's going on. And so David begins this prayer. And if you'll notice as we read this, there's, some, there's a couple of key words that are mentioned four times in this chapter or phrases which are, are the words, how long? And, and if we were to title, you know, the message today and and. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on these particular words, but it would be just how long. When you think about that, have you ever just looked at a situation and said, God, how long are we going to have to deal with this? How long is this going to last, you know? I mean, I think we've all been there. And so uh, David begins by saying, how long wilt thou forget me? Oh, Lord, forever? How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? 
So, so we're, we're still seeing David in his time of, of brokenness. Uh, you must remember David has done something very tragically wrong before God. And he is, he is pleading before God. He is still broken before God because, see, listen, sin will separate you from God. Sin builds a wall between you and God's fellowship. I'm reminded, and I know you all know the story as well as I do, but I'm reminded of Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. Now think about that. I, you know, somebody said, well, it's of the morning. Somebody said, well, it's of the evening. It don't really matter. The thing is, is that they met with God in the cool of the day. And man, they had a, a an amazing fellowship, you know, just a... Just an amazing time just with God, just visiting with God. And then what happened? Sin came into the picture. Now I think all of us as a Christian have, we have had moments with God that were just special. I mean, we have, we have had times to where we have just prayed and just felt such an anointing of God in our prayer life. There's been days that we have just felt God so close and he just refreshes us and, and restores us and revives us. And, and man, there's just times when God just feels like he's just standing on top of you, you know. And then there's times in our lives when we just feel distant. And I know just as Adam and Eve who, who allowed disobedience to come into their life, that is what separated Adam and Eve from God's fellowship, right? When God came down, and, it, and we talked about that, that this morning, it's so ironic. God knew what had happened. Well, God had already saw what had happened. But God didn't change his plans, did he? He came down just like he always did. And when he got down there, what had happened? No Adam and no Eve showed up. God knew where they were at the whole time. He knew what had happened the whole time, but God wasn't going to change the plan. They changed the plan. And God said, Adam, where art thou? Where are you at? What's, what's going on, Adam? Eve, where are you at? I'm here, where are you? And the Bible said that they cried out from over in the trees. And they said, Lord, we're over here. Why, why are you over there? We saw our nakedness and we're ashamed. How do you know you're naked? Because we disobeyed. We done what you told us not to do. And from that moment on, from that moment on, their fellowship with God was broken. Now folks, listen. A couple of things have to happen in our lives when we don't feel that closeness with God. I believe as a Christian who loves the Lord Jesus with all of their heart, you're never satisfied when you feel alone. I don't think any Christian that really loves God feels good about being alone and not feeling God's presence in their life. I think if you've really been saved and you really love the Lord Jesus, you want to feel His presence in your life. 
Now, a couple of things you got to look at. First of all, when you don't feel God's presence in your life, you need to begin to investigate if there's something that's gone on in your life that God's not pleased with. Because sin will separate you from God. And then, if you know that you've not done anything wrong as far as intentionally, there's nothing there in your life that just intentionally is going on that could separate you from God. Then you must begin to say, God, what's this about? What are you trying to do? Where are you taking me to? Where are you bringing me to? See, God's always working, isn't he? He's always doing something. God's not just sitting in heaven with his arms crossed and just waiting on the time for us to come home. God's actively involved in your life every day. Amen. Amen. And God is all up in your life and he wants to be all up in your life. And he does that through the presence of the Holy Spirit. That's God inside of us. And God is working out a plan in our lives. So, so here is David. And David is praying, God, how long wilt thou forget me? Oh, Lord, forever? How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? I want to say this morning, folks, the, the, the loneliest and saddest feeling any Christian can have is when they feel alone without God. I'd rather be, listen, I'd rather be just, I mean, just, just in a shack on the side of the road and not have a penny in my pocket and have the presence of God in my life as to live in a mansion on a hilltop and have a bank account with money in it that I couldn't spend and not have God. And folks, listen, when you don't have God, you don't have peace, you don't have joy, you don't have satisfaction, you don't have what it takes to live a prosperous life. Amen. And you can have everything the world has and still die a lonely person. Amen. And a miserable person. And so the Bible says here that David said, Lord, how long will you hide your face from me? Now it's all building up to something. How long shall I take counsel in my soul? Having sorrow in my heart daily. How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? David is really at a low point in his life spiritually. I mean, he is struggling, struggling. David says, Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Lighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. In other words, he's, he's just about he's, he's just about sorrowed until he's about to die of a broken heart. And he said, my enemies say I have prevailed against him. Or they say they have prevailed against me. And, and those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. David is telling God, God, People's going to start laughing. People's going to start mocking. People's going to see who I am and what I've become. And it's going to not only look bad on me, but it's going to look bad on you. 
So David says, how long? How long will I have to endure this? How long will I have to go through this? But notice as the table turns. But I have trusted in thy mercy. What would we do without trust? When the storms of life are raging, stand by me. When, when, when life is a sinking sand, God, stand by me. In Him do I put my trust. Though the billows are raging, in Him do I put my trust. Though sickness and death are all around me, in Him do I put my trust. So David begins to see that even though the Lord has, has, has withdrawn himself from David's side and, and his spirit is not as real and as vibrant as it once was, David has held securely. Even though things around him are shaky and, and troublesome and, and even his own soul is broken, his own spirit is broken, still David has held firmly to God's hand. And he's trusting Him. If I sink God, I'll sink with you. Amen. If this falls apart, God, I'll fall apart with you. Amen. But I'm going to trust you. Amen. I tell you, we've got to trust Him. This morning, Charlie in the choir said, Brother Randy, will you sing the song next to the one that we just sung. And that song said, trust and obey. Amen. That's exactly what God wants from us. Is to trust Him. And obeying sometimes can be very difficult. But if we obey Him, that means we trust Him. And we've got to do that this morning. So David said, I have trusted in thy mercy. Oh, God's a merciful God. Very loving, very kind, very compassionate. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgression. David prayed that same prayer. Yeah. Folks, we need God's mercy this morning. Yeah. We need God's help. Help us, Lord. How long wilt thou tarry? How long wilt thou Wait, how long will you let this go on? And David says, Lord, I have trusted in thy mercy. And my heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. And then David said, I will sing unto the Lord. You know, further over in the book of Psalms, David tells the story of how the people were in captivity to Babylon. Remember that? And it said, those that held us captive required of us a song. And they said, how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? We've hung our harps in the willows. You're not going to sing when you've hung your harp up. You're not going to sing when you're in bondage. You're not going to sing when you feel defeated. You're not going to be 
you're not going to be very convincing when you've let yourself be defeated by the enemy. You're not going to help other people when you yourself need help. So David is saying, I will sing unto the Lord. In other words, God, I feel a move of your spirit coming on. That's what he's saying. I have laid here and I have wept and I have prayed and I have wallowed in my pity and I have, I have done everything I know to do and I've cried out for help and I've cried out how long, how long, how long, how long. But you know what? I feel the Spirit of God moving upon me. And he said, I'm going to sing a song unto the Lord. I tell you, the best thing you can do whenever the fires of hell are leaping at your feet and, and Satan is about to crush you with a fatal blow. You need to take a stand and sing the Lord's song. Amen. Give God the glory. Give God the praise in the face of the storm. Still trust him, amen. And I tell you, God will take you through. God will take you through. <laughs> David said, I'll sing. I know things aren't good. It may be a difficult time. You may be struggling in your marriage. You may be struggling in your finances. You may be struggling in your health. There may be struggles in the church. There may be struggles down at the job. But listen, we all have struggles. We all have battles. We all face things that we don't want to face. We all endure affliction. But all of this is working a grander picture if we'll just trust him. Trust him. So David said, I'll sing unto the Lord because he hath dealt bountifully with me. This, this tying together of words is very interesting where David says he's dealt bountifully with me. This word in the Greek bountifully means to recompense another. To bring something to a completion. So David is literally saying that even though I have been through all of this and I have asked God how long, how long, how long, how long. God has been doing something to bring me to this place. Amen. <laughs> We don't understand God. Isaiah said, Who hath known the mind of God? Who has been his counselor? And as Denny read this morning, can the clay take power over the potter? No. So, so totally, it's all about what God is doing in our lives individually. And it's about God bringing us to a place. And when, when we get to a place, then God will begin another journey in our lives. But He's continuously growing us and expanding us and, and, and working in us and bringing us to a place to where we're more and more like Jesus every day. And so David says, you have dealt bountifully with me. I mean, I can take that and, and look at that and in a positive manner say, you know, even through all that we've all been through, 
and not say everybody in this congregation could stand and testify and you could tell this church of all the hardships and the struggles that you've faced and the hard times that you've seen and the difficult moments you've had to go through and the lonely times that you've had to deal with. But with all of that, you could still say, God's been good to me. And God's been merciful. And God has dealt bountifully in my life. See, that's what David is saying. Is that God, even through the times when I felt like He was so far away, God was completing something in my life. And God was bringing me to that verse that Denny read this morning that God is doing something good all the time. All things work together for good. God is doing something good. In my struggles, in my hardships, in my times that I don't understand what God's up to, God is still doing something good in my life. So he's bringing me to a bountiful time, to a bountiful moment in my life. But I want you to see something else too. That even in this where he says he hath dealt bountifully with me, it's kind of a double-edged sword. Because this word not only means that God can give good and bring you to a place of completion, but also it can mean bad. Let's think about let's think about Naomi. Remember her story? We all do. Naomi is a fine example of a Christian who leaves the will of God and goes out on her own discovery to try to find the world, almost like the prodigal son in the book of Luke, but it's an Old Testament female who leaves the house of bread, who leaves home and goes out and tries to find satisfaction somewhere else, only to find out when they get there, there's nothing but a hog pen. That's all. A lot of promises, but they're all empty promises. Satan never feels or fulfills his promises, folks. He always leads us out there and he, he baits us with the world out here and he tries to drag us away from God only to bring us to that place like Absalom hanging in a tree and the donkey walks on, amen? And that's exactly what Satan wants to do. And so here's Naomi. She, she's lost her husband because they're in the wrong place and she's lost her sons because they're in the wrong place and she comes back home. Now here's a bad situation turned good. Amen? All things work together for good. Naomi comes home and she's bringing a daughter-in-law with her who eventually becomes the mother of our whole Israel nation, you know. The whole lineage of David comes through her. And Naomi comes home. And you remember well what she said. Don't, hey, I mean, all the people were saying, hey, 
There's Naomi. Look at Naomi. Naomi's home. Everybody was happy. Naomi had come home. But Naomi come home way different than she left. She was scarred. This woman who had left the house of Bethlehem, who had left there to find what she thought she needed, only found out that she lost everything. Let me tell you something this morning, folks. It don't pay to gamble against God. Don't throw your money on the world because you'll lose every time. You, you, want, you want to leave this church and leave like you've won the lottery? Put your faith in God. Put your trust in Him. I guarantee you, he can put more in your bank account than anybody else can. And God can give you better health than any doctor out here. God can help you with everything in your life that you need. God can provide it for you. And if he's the one giving it to you, it'll be good for you. If you try to get it on your own, it won't be good for you. And that's what a lot of people are doing. That's why we're in the messes we're in. is because we're trying to step out of the bounds of what God has for us to try to do things on our own. And it's got us in trouble. Even as a country, it's got us in trouble. So I will sing unto the Lord because he hath dealt bountifully with me. And Naomi said, don't call me Naomi, but call me Mara. And of course, we know Mara means bitter. That's, that's what they called the waters. Remember when Israel was coming out of Egypt and they came to the, uh, the water there and it was bitter, they called it Mara. And so Naomi said, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara because God hath dealt bitterly with me. See, there's that, it's the same word. It's the same word. We just read where David said, God dealt bountifully with me. Morris, or Naomi said, God, God had dealt bitterly with me. But it's the same word. So it's possible that you and I can be here today and some of us, God could be doing bountifully with us. And some of us, God could be bringing us to a place where there's bitterness. But in all of it, in all of it, we must trust God. Amen. We must trust Him. How long? How long? The idea of this word can describe a recompense of good or evil. To bring an event to an end. In Hebrews chapter 11 the Bible says there's pleasure in sin for a season. You'll, uh, you'll lose. Nobody wins with sin. Nobody wins with sin. You'll lose. You'll lose, your spouse will lose, your children will lose, 
Your church will lose. The Bible even says that your own nation can lose. Because whenever Israel tore down by God's help the walls of Jericho when they marched seven times around that was a great victory wasn't it? But then right after that the next enemy that stood in the way was a little old place called Ai and they said Joshua no needing us taking a bunch of people down there we can handle this just a small battle we'll go down there and we'll take care of this business and we'll come back and it'll be fine only problem was there was sin in the camp when they was at Jericho there was no sin in the camp they did the impossible didn't they but when they went down there in their own strength was going to whip Ai, there was sin in the camp. And the Bible said they got defeated. They got embarrassed. They ran back to the man of God. They ran back to Joshua. Joshua falls on his face before God, weeps and dust and ashes and he's mourning and, and he's just literally just broken. And he says, God, what's going on? Why is this happening? What's, we're, we're going to be in an embarrassment. We're your people. We're your nation. And here we are being defeated by just this small little army of people. This is an embarrassment, God. And so God listened to him pray and weep and mourn and whine and cry. And God finally said, get yourself up off the floor. Here's your problem. They're seeing in the camp. That's why you can't win. That's why you're having your problems. And so Joshua cleaned out the camp, didn't he? And he got the sin out because there was disobedience there. God's bringing us to something, but we've got to make sure we've got everything out of the way that's hindering us. I'm going to come to a close, but how long? How long has it been? How, how long? And, and you know, sometimes when I preach, I, you know, I, I, I know God's speaking. I know, you know, I don't know how much that you all grasp of what I try to share with y'all. I don't, I don't even worry about that no more. I just give it to you. You do what you want to with it. But I can promise you this. There ain't nothing coming out of this pulpit that you don't need. You need it. You may not think you do, but you need it. Maybe if I had on a red nose and 
a wig and an outfit or something. I could get everybody's attention better. I don't know. I'm going to tell you something. The Word of God is pure. It ought, to, it, ought to, it ought to excite us. And I'm sure it does. Samson. Samson. Let's, let's talk about him just for a minute. Samson, this great man of God, who God had his hand on, didn't he? He had his hand on this man. And God was going to use him to deliver Israel. He was going to be, he's a judge. I mean, God's going to use him. He's a Nazarite. He's anointed by God. His mom was told not to drink any wine, not to do anything that, you know, would, would in any way offend God whatsoever. I mean, this child was holy before God. She has this kid, and this kid does nothing but rebel the whole time. God brought it to an end, didn't he? So God dealt bountifully with David and God dealt bitterly with Naomi. Samson, through his disobedience, he had his moments of power. God did great things through him, even through his disobedient times. God still blessed him and God used him mightily. But in the end, Delilah was his fall, wasn't she? His lust, his, his determined mind to just do what Samson wanted to do regardless of what God said, it finally caught up with him. And it willed us the same way. God wants to bring, what I'm trying to say is God wants to bring you to a bountiful end. He doesn't want to bring you to the end of something that is only going to scar your life. He wants what's good for you, not evil, okay? And we can approach it in one of two ways. We can say, God, help us. God, how long, how long, how long? And then we can finally put our trust in Him and say, God, I'm going to hold on to you. Oh, we can just keep traveling this road that keeps going away from God just to see where it leads us to. But what I'm trying to tell you is it's not going to lead you where you're wanting to go. And so Samson, there in the book of Judges, it tells us that Samson, once they find out where his strength's at, see, that's what it's all about. When a church loses its power, when a Christian loses their power, what do you got? When an army loses its power, when a country loses its power, what do you got? You're weak. I mean, any enemy will tell you that, you know, the best way to defeat an enemy is to find their, amen. 
So if we're weak, then the enemy can attack us. And we're easier to be destroyed. So they found Samson's weakness. It was in his hair that he was supposed to not cut. But he told all of his heart. And that's all Satan needs. He just needs to hear from you. Just, just, just let him know what, what really makes you tick. And boy, he'll start, he'll start pushing them buttons. And Samson was overtaken by the enemy, wasn't he? And the Bible said that he rose up. He rose up to fight like he had before time. You know, he, he remember when he took the jawbone of that donkey? I mean, he killed thousands of them. I mean, the man was a bruiser. He took, he took up them gates to the, to the city walls, man, and throwed them on his back and carried them things off. And this man was a he-man. So he rose up to fight like he had before. The Bible said he knew not that his power had left him. And when he needed it, it wasn't there, was it? I'm going to tell you something, folks. You're going to need God's help. You're going to need God's power. You're going to need his strength. You may not think this preacher knows what he's talking about today. You may leave here and this. All this is just like water off a duck's back. It meant nothing to you. But I'm going to tell you something. Tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, it may be five years from now. But you're going to need God's help. You may be the one laying there in the bed saying, God, how long? How long? How long am I going to have to suffer? How long am I going to have to deal with this? How long is this going to keep happening? The Bible says that Samson, they poked his eyes out. The man of God lost his power and his vision. Sounds like our churches, don't it? Come on, come on. I know it's 12 o'clock. I can see the clock. I don't know if that means anything to y'all or not. He lost his power and his vision. Is that happening to us today? Is that happening to us? God, help us not to do that. Help us, God, not to lose our power. Has, has our preaching lost its power? Has our singing lost its power? We, we talk about wanting to see souls saved, but where there's no vision, the people will perish. And so he's in, in the dungeon, bound by the enemy, blind and weak. Just like a lot of Christian people are. 
And he's about to come to an end. It's about all to come to an end. So after many, many days, they bring him out to make a spectacle of him, to make a joke out of him, to mock him, to laugh at him. They've got him grinding at the mill. He's working for the enemy now. And pretty much, Samson prays the same prayer David prays. How long? How long? No doubt he spent a lot of time thinking with his eyes poked out in chains. Look at what I've got myself into. Look at what I've become. God's not dealing bountifully with me right now. Things are not good. And so Samson begins to cry out to God, doesn't he? And I'll hurry. And he says, God, how long? And, they, and, and so pretty much Samson realizes this is his end. He says, God, if you'll just one more time. One more time, God, if you'll just, if you just feel your power one more time. Mm. And he told that little boy, he said, son, lead me over here between the pillars. And he stood between them pillars. And God touched him one more time, didn't he? It cost Samson his life, all of his bad choices and all of his bad decisions. But he destroyed a lot of the enemies in the process, didn't he? I want your end to be good. That's what I'm saying. Young people, middle-aged, it don't matter who you are. If you want to have a happy ending, you end it with God. Don't end it in reproach. Don't end it in disobedience. Don't follow society. Don't follow the world. Don't follow what they're trying to preach to you, what they're trying to teach to you. Don't you get caught up in all that stuff that you know is not right. Even though the world is doing it, it don't mean it's right. You know what's right and what's wrong. You stay with what's right. And God will deal bountifully with you. But if you choose, then it can get bitter. How long? Today could be the day. God can answer that question in your life. How long, God? You know somewhat I kind of feel like maybe God's asking us how long. How long are we going to keep going the wrong way? How long are we going to keep making these bad choices? How long are we going to keep listening to the wrong people? How long are we going to keep ignoring the, the, the gospel? How long are we going to keep ignoring that preacher? How long are we going to keep just doing it our way? How long? That's what God maybe He's asking. I can tell you how long it'll take to get forgiveness just a prior way. And if you're willing today to confess your sins, He's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. But how long are you going to wait? How long? So we're going to stand to our feet and we're going to get a song of invitation this morning. I appreciate your patience. 
And trust me, if I didn't feel like God was leading me to, to speak and to preach, I would just close the Bible and I would say, that's it. But I just really feel like this message is for somebody today. I really do. And, I, and, and I'll never know. I may never know and that don't matter. It's not about what I know today. It, it may be an eternity someday before, before somebody says, well, Ronnie, you know what? I appreciate that message you preached. You didn't know what I was going through. You didn't know what was on my mind. You didn't know how God was dealing with me. But if you hadn't have preached that, my life would have totally been different. But because you obeyed God, it, it helped me to stay on the right path. See, that's what it's about this morning, folks. I'm just up here trying to help you, that's all. I know sometimes the words... Maybe I don't say everything just right and maybe sometimes I may come across wrong. I don't know. But I want you to know from my heart, I'm only up here trying to help you. That's all. I love you. I love all of you. I want you to make good choices. If you need to come and pray about something, you come on. We're going to sing a verse of imitation. Randy, you go ahead, brother. 55. Hand in hand. How long? How long's it been? Once from my poor sick soul. Yes. say this in closing. Your choosing to be here this morning was a good choice. Anytime we take the opportunity to hear from God, it's a good choice. Thank you for being here. God bless you. My prayer is for someone, whoever God was speaking to about this message today, my prayer is, is that you will leave here knowing that God loves you. And that God wants to help your life, not hurt your life. Stay the course. Follow the cross. Follow Jesus. And you'll win. You'll win, okay? We're going to bow our head and have a word of prayer and dismiss. Everyone have a wonderful day today. We have a deacon's meeting, so men, we need to meet just for a few minutes. But God bless all of you.